he always talks about the time where he was coming back to Columbus. I think it was for the Michigan game, Ohio State Michigan game. And he's in the airport and he looks up at the TV and he says, you know, as I was walking through, I looked up and they were playing a goddamn 69 game on the TV. To this day, it always makes me mad. So make sure you always, when you go out there, you hit them in the mouth, help them up, and then you hit them in the mouth again. <laughs> at that point, we knew our marching orders. We knew what we had to do. Yeah. Jack Tatum told us what to do. So that's, that's what we did. In case you haven't noticed, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're building a one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network. I was flying back from the West Coast on Saturday during the Ohio State-Indiana game. And I was coming back from Arizona. We get on the plane and I think our flight, it was early, right? It was earlier. So when we took off, like game day, all that stuff was just starting. <laughs> get on the plane, we're about 30 minutes outside of Phoenix. And they said, we got to turn around. <laughs> and we're like, are you serious right now? So we turned around and they said, we'll be back in 15 minutes. Well, we weren't back in 15 minutes. We're back in two and a half hours. Yep, that sounds about right. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> pretty. And they said, when we land, there's going to be fire trucks and whatnot on the runway. We're like, okay, like this is not a good Saturday. It turned out okay. I'm here. We turned around. There were some issues. And clearly, we got back that night. So it took many, many hours. My point is, by the time we sat down, I was with my son. We got some food. I'm like, well, I see on the TV off in the distance, the Ohio State game has started because we're two hours difference out there. I'm trying to get a little feel of that. So I turned on the game and it hadn't recorded my YouTube TV somehow, but I could watch the game. So I was watching the game kind of like in the middle of the game, which I hadn't done in a long time with Ohio State, but it is what it is. And soon after that, Mayan Williams goes down with an injury and a whole bunch of stuff happened. And I got to see most of the second half, but I tell you just that quick story. I don't know why, but it was just a wild day. And it was a wild day for the Buckeyes too. And then you get Cameron Babb getting in the end zone at the end, which was like a very emotional moment. And I'm sure you've had those types of moments with teammates of yours. Mm -hmm. You talk about recovering a fumble in the first play of the game versus Marshall. I think it was maybe it was a senior year. But anyway, mm -hmm. going to that Indiana game, like I don't know if there's a ton we can take from it, but there's some. Like, I don't know, the six-string running back was doing some stuff, yeah. you know. But <laughs> I mean, we won. Yeah. Our running backs got a lot of experience. Like you said, Maya Williams went down with that injury. Hopefully he'll be okay. And I'm hoping that they'll just use kind of a Hayden and a few of the other guys, maybe Chip back there versus Maryland. Yeah. So that, that way Henderson and Williams will be good to go for the game. Yeah. Which will most likely be a top four matchup. Yep. So yeah, mommy, we learned that we have some depth. I think CJ did great seeing Bab catch that touchdown in the end zone was everything considering I think it was what three ACL injuries and all those. I mean, I'm not too sure how many games he's actually played at Ohio State because of all those injuries. Yeah. Running backs get hurt, players get hurt. In football, you often hear about the next man up. And in 2014, Ohio State obviously dealt with next man up to the next level with two quarterbacks going down. And it sounds all good and everything, but 
you see players go down, and I think it has to do with like where they are in the season. If they've lost a game or they lose a game after someone gets hurt, and like, oh shit, here we go, or oh man, I can't believe he's hurt. What are we gonna do? Is it truly a next man up? And like, as honest as you can, like, have you ever been in a situation where like, oh shit, man, that guy went down? Are you serious? Like, I don't know. Like, take that how you want. Yeah, I mean, for us, what year was this? Two thousand eight, I believe it was. Our next man up situation was, you know, we were. We opened up the season with Youngstown State, Beanie Wells at running back. I believe we were going in to score, and I believe he hurt his toe mm. or ankle yeah. on that play. And then all of a sudden, we're like, well, we're going into USC. We don't have our potential Heisman Trophy contender at running back. Next man up, I think. Actually, it was Boom and maybe Mo Wells that were splitting carries or something like yeah. that. But okay. either way, that was our next man up situation. But, you know, being at places like Ohio State... That next man up is actually a pretty good yeah. candidate, if that makes sense. I it mean, does. Boom went on to one of the rushing leaders at Ohio State anyway. And like you said, the 2014 team, I mean, you had two quarterbacks go down. Well, Braxton before the season, mm. JT gets hurt. Week of Michigan, I believe it was. The Michigan game. The Michigan yeah. game, yeah. actually. And then all of a sudden, Cardell has to step up and people are like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Who's going to yeah. do what? Hands up, I mean, crazy going crazy with Wisconsin. We put up 50 something points. We go into that Sugar Bowl versus Alabama. I mean, Cardell didn't necessarily have to throw it as much in that game, but he did. He still threw the rock. And I mean, Evan Spence stepped up and threw a touchdown pass. And yeah, Zeke ran wild. And I mean, being at a program like Ohio State, that next man up is just kind of something that we thrive on. Yeah, typically. Your next man up was an All-American in high school or right. very capable of getting the job done. So, Well, like you said, when you show up, everybody's good. Mm-hmm. And also, it sounds like, too, in that next man up mentality isn't just the next man up. It's like you said before, Evan Spencer throwing a touchdown pass, Michael Thomas getting his foot down to catch that ball. Different things happening to say everyone raises their level. And again, it's like you hear this stuff all the time. And that's probably what's the difference between a club, an organization, a team that can still win it, even if they have injuries. I remember there was one year and was, I think it was the year Rodgers won the Super Bowl. And they had something like 17 players on IR that year. So it's like, players are going to get hurt. This is football. They're going to be out 17 and like legitimate players, like very important players to that team. And they won the Super Bowl. And so people say, oh, we got injuries. We got that. It doesn't matter. Like nobody cares. Did you win or did you lose? Right. That's all that matters. And like you said, next man up is important. And clearly Ohio State is going through the season. Like I'm sure there's this fine line you have to walk of not really blowing it. Like, okay, so what do they do this week versus Maryland leading up to the Michigan game? Because like, okay, let's just rest all our running backs and like play the fifth and sixth string running backs and let's just get out of here alive with a win and make sure our guys are rested up for the next week. But it's like, you gotta be careful because you still have to play football, right? Like you said, the other guys are on scholarship too, and they would like nothing better than to beat Ohio State. That would make their entire season worthwhile if Maryland can somehow upset Ohio State. So you still have to go play the game. But like you said, I mean, the guys that are coming in, it's not like they're slouches by any means. So let me ask this. You're going into the week before the Michigan game. And you obviously can't look ahead. And every year is different. It depends on who you're playing. But there's been some close games, right? And that's pretty common in sports in general. Like there's the look ahead game where they were looking ahead to their big opponent, their rival. 
and they didn't have the best game or they lost the game before, how much of an emphasis are the coaches playing on don't focus on the big game when you know like the coaches are possibly resting guys to some extent to make sure that they're healthy for the big game, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it just depends on the situation. I remember my first year at Ohio State, we played Illinois the game for Michigan. And that game, there were a lot of questionable calls that happened. And if those calls did not happen, I believe that we would have won the game. But either way, we ended up losing. Yeah, that was Juice Williams. Yeah, Juice Williams had a great game. And Mendenhall as well. Yep, sure, Mendenhall. Great game. I'm not taking anything away from Illinois, but clearly on the one long run that they had, the guy fumbled. Right. We recovered. It should have been our ball. If they would have called it correctly, then they wouldn't have scored a touchdown. And we, I think we ended up losing by seven. Yeah. And that's seven points right there. Yeah. But either way, you know, the next game is Michigan. So we actually had the opposite effect after going to the season undefeated, lose to Illinois. Now all of a sudden it's like, dang, like we wanted to go to the national championship and we lost a week before the Michigan game and we have no conference championship. Yep. So what do we do? So team went up to Michigan, ended up beating Michigan and we just sat there and we watched. Like, I think that's the year that Pitt ended up beating West Virginia. That was crazy. And I think West Virginia was ahead of us. And then there was a few other teams that ended up losing. Yep. That brought us back to the national championship. Yep. So I think it was like Kansas State was another one. It was a lot of random teams that lost. <laughs> yeah. That it was like, yo, I don't know how this happened, but yeah, it we're here. Out for us. Yeah. That was your LSU year. Yeah. And LSU had, yeah. they had two losses that year, I believe, like Kentucky. Yeah. It was just one of those things where everyone kept losing. Yeah. So it ended up working out. But I think the biggest thing is you want those kids to focus on the game ahead of them. Yeah. Because they know things can happen. With Maryland, I think they'll look at that film and they'll see what Maryland did against Michigan. And it's going to be very easy for that team to focus in and say, this team basically should have beat Michigan, but they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this game's a little bit different, but typically you want those guys to just to focus up on the game at hand. And, you know, there's going to be some business decisions that are made, whether it's resting a guy like Henderson or Williams or both. Right. Just to make sure that they're ready for the game. But yeah, yeah, I mean, there's enough maturity in that locker room now that they know what they're supposed to do. So yeah. they should be fine. Yeah. Back in the day, you'd hear stories, especially in college football, because they had junior varsity or the freshman team, right? And they'd be hiding players. And in the Michigan game or in the big game of the year, they would introduce a new player. And I'm not saying they're introducing new players nowadays, right? Either you can play or you can't. But they're also talking about putting things on film. Like they're hiding things. They're keeping things off of... They put things on film to make other teams think about it, right? But they're also hiding things. They're breaking tendencies. They're going to do something different. And I'm sure there's going to be some sort of breaking of tendencies. And you see that a lot of times in bigger games. But when it comes to the Ohio State-Michigan game, and from your experience, did you ever like not show something until the Michigan game or all cards on the table already and maybe you're running some stuff off of it and there's like a little bit like I said breaking of tendencies or was there truly like oh we have a whole extra few plays of plays that we're going to be running that game that they've never ever seen before like what's been your experience with that my experience at least on defense we kind of we played whatever we're going to play all year that's kind of what we did yeah now offensively I feel like coach Trestle always had a few extra plays versus Michigan and or the bowl game that we had not run all year that we probably saw at camp. It was like, yo, 
I can't wait to see that. And then we don't see it again <laughs> until Michigan or the bowl game. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that that's a thing. But with Ryan Day and that offense, I'd be surprised if we find something that we haven't seen already. Okay. From on the defensive side, did you show up to the game? And, you know, and I know people have done this, like Virginia Tech did that in 2014, where they are like, they ran that bare defense against them. We're like, they never saw that coming and they couldn't adjust for whatever reason. Did Michigan in the big game do things differently on offense? You're like, okay, you're going back after the first few drives. You're like, they're doing something completely different. Oh, yeah. So with Michigan, I mean, they pretty much showed everything. And you also got to think when we played Michigan, they were kind of down. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like they weren't, I think at the time, I think Rich Rod yeah. was the head coach for maybe two. About three of those years. So it was a different Michigan team. I think they were playing like a 3 3 5 at the time yep. or something crazy. And yep. I was like, yeah. Yeah. This isn't going to work in the Big Ten. Yeah. Yeah. That was a West Virginia defense they were running. Yep. Right. Right. So it pretty much showed us everything that they were going to do. And we were prepared. I got you. But also with Coach Stressel, we talked about Michigan all throughout the year. Like we used to have what we used to call maize and blue periods mm-hmm. where. It was like four or five minutes within practice during camp and then during the season in which you would call it maize and blue. Unfortunately, we would play the Michigan fight song over the speakers and then we would work on tackling drills, force fumbles, work on uh, attacking the ball and, and getting the ball at the highest point. We did all those things. So we were always concentrating on the game. So yeah, that's kind of dope. Yeah. Is JSN playing this week? Is he going to get time, you think? I hope he doesn't. You hope he doesn't play and he just shows up for the Michigan game? Yeah, I mean, at this point, like, just rest. Does he need some time? Does he need to be run around a little bit and get his feet wet? Or you think, no big deal, like, just, you're good, man? He should be good. I mean, honestly, the hands thing is something that you don't want to mess with. And I'm pretty sure he's probably, if he is running, I'm sure he's doing it at practice. So he's getting those reps. Yeah. I'm not too worried about that piece. Okay. What are you thinking the running game and Stroud has clearly since that Penn State game when he had a couple runs, he's keeping the ball and then they had whatever game that was where he had to keep the ball, right? His willingness to run. And I don't think that's why they'll win necessarily, but it's an important part of it and it could be a difference maker. I don't know. What have you been seeing from it? I mean, last year, and it was a good Michigan defense too, but... I mean, they just pinned their ears back and then went after him because they knew that he would not run. Yeah. Now, the last couple of games, Michigan probably was like, hey, you know what? We're going to have to make some adjustments. Yeah. Because this kid's not afraid to run now. So I wouldn't be surprised if Stroud messes around and go into Michigan, throw for over 200 yards and <laughs> run for like 100, mm. or at least attempt to run for 100. Yeah. I like that. They always talk about the respect factor when it comes to Ohio State and Michigan. Like a lot of other rivalries, there's like just pure hatred. And I know there's like obviously hatred, but there's like a respect factor that's there. Like, are you friends with any of these guys? Do you respect Michigan? Like a lot, I think a lot of this stuff like goes back in time. And I don't know what's true, what's not, as far as like a player who played in the rivalry says, like, what are you thinking? I know you don't like them, but like, is there respect or do you have friends over there? Like, what's that like? I mean, there's always common ground respect. I look at it going back, you know, I went to St. Edward High School up in Cleveland and we played St. Ignatius. St. Ignatius was always a big high school rivalry, right? Like we did not like each other, right? But we respected each other. To the point where, you know, the head coach over at Ignatius actually just retired and just beat him in the playoffs last week and 
as soon as the game was over, you know, our players kind of stood midfield and clapped for him and showed him his respect. You know, rivalries like that that are like historical and it's something that everyone talks about. There's always going to be some kind of respect there, right? It's not like a disrespectful thing. And at Ohio State, we respected those guys to a certain extent. Yeah, I mean, we respected those guys. And I always tell people, like, once you get done playing and you get to see some of the guys that played up there in Michigan and you see them out, there's guys that are telling their jokes here or there. And I always tell people, like, Michigan's some of my best friends, and they kind of look at me like I'm crazy. And then I say, yeah, that's the reason why I have four gold games. <laughs> I love it. I'm sure you have a lot of moments in those games that you are like favorite moments of yours is like one that comes to mind that you think of that's a favorite Michigan moment for you? Honestly, it was my first Michigan game in 2008. That year, it was uh, my redshirt freshman year. Made it on the special teams. Was playing kickoff, leading up to the Michigan game. I was playing pretty well. And going into the Michigan game, I think I ended up having like maybe two, maybe three tackles on kickoff. And it was just fun just because it was my first Michigan game. And I actually felt like I earned my pair of gold pants, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It does. What do you make of, like, we talk about media a lot and you just tune it out, right? That's just the easier thing, especially when it's just so outlandish and ridiculous. But Desmond Howard is a big, you know, he's on TV all the time. And sometimes you just can't miss it, whether it's the Heisman show, whether it's game day, whether it's some other snippet or you see him on social media and he's always spouting off about Ohio State. I mean, clearly is just biased against Ohio State, hates Ohio State. I understand why he would not like Ohio State. That's fine and that's fair. But as like, uh, he's working for like, quote unquote, neutral web company that is not supposed to be that way, but it is what it is and that's fine. Like, what do you think of someone like a Desmond Howard who was, you know, obviously an impactful player in the rivalry itself and now still talking about it and just any opportunity he gets, he's just kind of like, talking shit about Ohio State. And, you know, I'm just curious, like, what you think of it? You're like, man, I could care less what Desmond Howard thinks. I mean, did you see his four picks for the playoffs? Yeah, <laughs> I did. I mean, that's pretty much what I think about Desmond. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Like, you just say, at this point, you're just talking just to talk. Yep. Why? I don't know why he, and there's no shot at Pitt, but I think he had yeah. Pitt in this. Texas A&M and... Like, what? Like, yeah. stop, He's trying to be different. Yeah, like, yeah, that's the problem. But anyway, that's how I feel. I respect him, but like, come on, man. Yeah, yeah. And no shot at Pitt, but come on, man. Yeah, Pitt, yeah. Cut that out. Yeah. So TCU's winning. They're undefeated. And we have Ohio State, obviously, and Michigan playing the loser of the game. And I don't necessarily love this like way of doing things, but it's an interesting thing because if there's going to be two teams getting in from a conference, obviously it's going to be the SEC or it's going to be the Big Ten. Do you think there's a chance that if it's a close game, that one of, if Ohio State were to lose or if Michigan loses, and hopefully that's what happens, that they could still get in to the playoff? I mean, it would have to be one of those games where it's like a triple overtime that Ohio State Michigan had a couple years ago. Or what's that Alabama LSU back in 2011 or 10 when uh, Honey Badger was playing where they lost to Alabama? I forgot who lost in the first game. That's why both teams ended up playing as a rematch, obviously. Yes, it was. And that's yep. so, so my whole thing is, like, if it's close, yeah, but, like, it's got to be super, super close. Uh-huh. In order for them to do it, because yeah. if not, it's complicated. Or a bunch of teams lose, right? That's the other yep. way. TCU loses, yep. uh, something chaotic in the SEC happens. Okay. 
Yeah, it's got to be something crazy. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. You know, we've had a lot of conversations this year. The season's winding down. I keep on going back to some episodes, specifically that Jimmy Bell episode, and a lot of things that he talked about of being real. And, you know, so much about is that we've talked about just today. And typically we haven't over the last five or six weeks or even more. It's gotten deeper than just football, right? Football brought us together, but there's way more to it than that. You know, I think that's like you were talking about, even for the players, like there's strategies, there's X's and O's, there's the game, there's the game film, there's like how we're going to execute all that. But being mentally tough, not even just being mentally tough, but dealing with all that's coming at people in life and sports and college the games and the losses and social media and all of that. And having people like Jimmy Bell, like yourself in our lives is impactful and it's important. But your kid's been sick, right? We've had some stuff going on. I talk about a plane ride that I was on that wasn't like going so great. And we're okay and everything's fine. We move on and we keep going. But like this time of year, Thanksgiving's around the corner, then the holidays, a new year. I mean, you've changed some things around in your own life. Like what's on your mind now as we think about all of that, or even some of the conversations we've had, you and I, and some of the other people we've had, as it relates to just being people, right, man, and going through every day. Yeah, man. I think there's just so much that's happening. And even like you just said, kid being sick and you being stuck on a plane, and even what just happened in the last few days mm-hmm. with those players from Virginia getting killed by a former teammate, it's just a lot going on. And it just shows that, you know, life is just deeper than just football. These are actually human beings. These are actually real stories. And I don't know. I think when it comes to podcasts like this, it's, it's great to talk about sports and it's great to talk about what we feel like the score is going to be in XYZ. But I think most people need an opportunity to hear about real life things, right? I think that's where we're going to have the most impact. And for these student athletes or even former athletes or whatever it may be, having a platform to which you can go and actually express yourself and express those feelings, I think is a great thing. Yeah. So that's why I love this podcast so much is we're able to actually have real conversation. Yeah. And I think that's going to lead to a lot of change. And you never know, one of these conversations might spark something in someone else for them to go and start their own thing. Or maybe it's a clip from Jimmy and they hear what he said. And then now all of a sudden, this kid who was thinking about transferring and maybe not playing football ever again, here's what Jimmy said, can relate to it, and it turns their life around and into a good thing, right? Yeah. So that's what I think it's about, man. Yeah. This podcast and just being over here and being able to express ourselves, I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. And I think it also forces you to show up, to have a conversation and to get deep and to deal with whatever it is that we're talking about or what you mentioned UVA and what happened there and the tragedy that happened there. And that impacts those families, the friends, the school, and the entire, like anyone who saw it, right? And the college football world. I mean, it just goes so deep. And it's like, how do we even understand that? But to have these types of conversations, I think is good for the individuals. I know it's good for me. And you say it's good for you and other people. And I hopefully there's a few people here that listen that that get that. But like you said, I go back and, you know, one clip I was listening to of Jimmy when he was talking about even adults, like, always asking why, like, why is this happening? Why is this? Why that? And he's like, it's just, it's you, right? Begins and ends with you. But I think like that's so impactful for someone to hear that. It's impactful for me to hear it. And that's why I think it's so useful to have content like this. And I'm not meeting Jimmy if it's not for you. And I'm not doing that conversation if we don't have this podcast. And you know, I think there's platforms that are available to people to have those types of conversations. And even if 
no one hears it but yourself or one person hears it. Like it's making an impact. There's no doubt about it. And you just keep going, right? It's like showing up and working out or going for a walk or playing with your kid. I mean, just like got to keep showing up and got to keep being there to have the opportunity to do something. So no, it's good, man. Yeah, man, I'm excited for it. The greatest thing about this podcast is that it can just transform to anything that we want it to be, right? It doesn't always have to be about football. It doesn't always have to be about sports necessarily. But just say sports brings us all together. So from the sporting conversations, then we can talk about, hey, how are you doing mental health-wise? How was that transition? Well, how are you feeling today? You know what I mean? Those conversations matter. Yeah. And have the most impact. So yeah, absolutely. Well, next week's Michigan week. I think what we could do is have multiple episodes leading up to it. And let's talk about it, man. And not just the game, because it's more about like, like you said, sports and football and Buckeyes and all that, bringing people together. There's a lot of impact there and get some good guests on and all that and make fun of Desmond Howard some more or something like that. But (laughs) (laughs) I'm all down. I'm down for that. Yeah. And and listen, man, like Desmond Howard, his high school coach, it was actually, I had the same coach. Oh, wow. Coach Gubbrod. Yeah. So Coach Gubbrod coached him over at St. Joe's when he was there. And then when I was at St. Ed's, I got to spend some time with Coach Gubbrod for three years. So wow. We had the same coach. Yeah. So it's all love and respect. Absolutely. You pick Pitt in your top four. (laughs) Come on, man. Pitt. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> That's all we try Come to do on. in our brackets for college basketball because it's like, man, I don't know what's going to happen anymore. So you throw a team in there and then you turn on the TV at five o'clock on Thursday, the first day, and your team's losing. You're like, what is going on here? <laughs> but yeah, that makes sense for like basketball. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, but it makes sense for it's maybe basketball. Right. Because right. We, Not we've in all football. Seen the Cinderella stories, but like, yeah. Come on, man. Pete. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I think he had what, one team that's still left? Was it Michigan? Oh, I guess so. I guess he must have picked Michigan. Yeah. So, like, come on, man. Are you still feeling confident? Like, you still, it's it. We got it. The Ohio State's got it. Michigan. Oh, no, oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. you got to think, there's a lot of things that are happening. Number one, you got Desmond Howard who's continuing to do what he does, mm. right? For the past year, you've had former players, media, Michigan players and coaches telling you how soft you were, how you were not tough, which was true, but they had to hear that the entire year. Mm. You got a new defensive coordinator who's got you guys playing pretty much lights out. You're going to be in the shoe. It's going to be senior day. The tunnel prize is going to be there. So all the old heads are going to be in the building as these seniors run out, as the team runs out. There's going to be electricity in that stadium, man. And, and Listen, they about to go out there. They're going to do the thing. I believe that. And listen, Michigan's a great football team, but I don't think they realize what they did. Mm-hmm. Like with the loss, but not just the loss, but they're continuing to talk. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Man, I'm here for it. It's going to be real bad. Yeah. Jim Knowles wasn't here. He is here. He what? He didn't grow up with the rivalry, right? I think he's from Pennsylvania or something like that. And and he talks about it. He obviously knows Ohio State Michigan rivalry is a big deal in football. And you probably had coaches that came in and there was their first time being really involved with the rivalry. You know, you grew up in Ohio, so you knew it from like as being a child, and it was just ingrained in you. Like, man, you just do not like that team up there. So, what's it like though? Have you seen maybe from players that weren't from Ohio or Michigan? 
go into that rivalry, do you get it really quick? And I'm sure it's very individualized, but maybe it's a coach or a player like to step into that rivalry and really not truly like even Ryan Day, like he's from New Hampshire. Like that's not something he grew up with. He's been involved with it for a long time lately. And he got told he was when you're born on third base type stuff. So he's got that in his head because Harbaugh said that after the game, right? So that's another thing of talking. So he's like, you just brought me into this battle now. So I'm here for it. But like, what have you witnessed with other people who didn't grow up with it like you did? Yeah, I think it's different for every year. I know when I was there, Coach Trestle obviously made it a huge deal. So did Coach Meyer, and I'm sure, you know, Coach Day does the same thing. But, you know, leading up to Michigan, we had senior tackle. We marched with the band. And then we always used to have Jack Tatum. He would always come in and talk to the team before the Michigan game. So Jack Tatum would be in there, and he'd be getting us fired up about the Michigan game. And he would always talk about how they won the national championship in 1968. And then 69, they lost to him, but they came back and obviously won in 70. He always talks about the time where he was coming back to Columbus. I think it was for the Michigan game, Ohio State-Michigan game. And he's in the airport, and he looks up at the TV, and he says, you know, as I was walking through, I looked up, and they were playing that goddamn 69 game on the TV. To this day, it always makes me mad. So make sure you always, when you go out there, you hit them in the mouth. Help them up, and then you hit them in the mouth again. <laughs> At that point, we knew our marching orders. We knew what we had to do. Yeah. Jack Tatum told us what to do. So that's, that's what we did. Yeah. You don't want to live with that, right? You don't want to be the team that loses to them. And unfortunately, I was part of that. Like, that's one part. Right. Like, when Ohio State was like, I don't want to be a part of that team at all. Like, I refuse to be a part of that team. I want nothing to do with that team. We are, not, we should say team, but that group. Yeah. But then once you're a part of the group, it's like this shame that falls on you. Like, oh, you guys are the team that lost to Michigan, right? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. That was a different kind of year, though. It was, but... As we've addressed, but yeah. Listen, regardless of anything, if we could have lost every single game. I wouldn't have cared as long as we beat Michigan. Yeah. Like, I would have rather want one in 10 or whatever it was. <laughs> I really don't care. Yeah. They can say I was horrible, but you can't say I didn't beat Michigan. Right. So, yeah, man, it goes deep. And the players from Cali, they figure it out very quickly. Players from Florida, they figure it out. And honestly, some players, they may not figure it out until they run out the tunnel and they see that team across the field. And all of a sudden, there's almost a fight that breaks out. And at that moment, they realize what it is. Yeah, it's different you feel it in the stadium. Like you see the energy and there's something to do with maybe like the contrast of colors on the field. It's just like this scarlet and yellow, whatever color it is, but it's just so contrasting, man. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Like there's no matching of any sort. You know what I mean? And it's just, when you get in that stadium, it's just feels different. Like you said, it runs deep and it runs way back. So I could imagine a player not being a part of it and not truly understanding it. And then like you just said, you come out that tunnel and wakes you up real quick. Game yeah, on. Yeah. Game on. That's wild. One of the greatest game ever. So I always tell people. Yeah. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Man, this is good stuff. Let's keep it going. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Let's keep it going. Let's go Bucks. In case you haven't noticed, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts. Everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're building a one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. 
You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network.